Welcome to Critical Issues Commentary, the podcast ministry of Gospel of Grace Fellowship, a non-denominational Christian church in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. This is Jessica Kramis, your host for today, and I'm speaking with Bob DeWay, Gospel of Grace's teacher and theologian and author of Critical Issues Commentary. Now, we are taking a few episodes here to discuss this idea of visions and revelations and seeking knowledge outside of scripture. Last week, we talked about Genesis and the fall. Do you just kind of want to give us a recap of that? And then we will move on to some other passages. Yes. Well, at the end last week, I was talking about the serpent equivocating on the word die. They had the tree. You can freely eat of the rest of the trees. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the day you eat of it, you will die. And then we covered that last time, equivocated. As a matter of fact, they weren't obliterated. Yeah. They were still alive, but now they're alienated from God. And then it goes on to the fall where all humans are born, separated and alienated from God and needing a solution to that, which we didn't get to that yet. We look forward to it, but it will be the blood atonement. Right. And we see that picture of that in the account of the fall when God slaughters the animal to make them a covering. Right. And then I mentioned Cain and Abel. It comes up again. Yes. What sort of offering? And then as you go through Genesis, it comes up again when Abraham takes Isaac up. Right. God provides. Yes. So without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. Right. And so God provides that. And then there's also the preview of salvation that's given in Genesis about the seed of the woman. Yes. That is a preview of what will happen later. So the main point of all this is that the whole problem began with a lack of satisfaction and appreciation for what God said, that that's what we need, that God does give us what we need. He does care for us. And that what he says matters, and we need to listen to him and not desire something he didn't provide. Right. Not to transgress the boundaries. Okay. Well, since the fall, that's only been uh, accentuated. And now the lust for secret knowledge, for the ability to function in a realm that God didn't put us in, the unseen realm of the spirits and angels and so on. That's where people want to go. Yes. So this knowledge that they were promised is actually occult knowledge. Yes. And I think that there is a certain naivety there too, especially with a lot of Christians, the idea that if there's knowledge out there, there's a spirit realm well, it's good, and if I get information from that realm, then it will help me. There doesn't even seem to be this concept of the spirit realm contains both good and evil, and we can very easily be deceived, and we're not equipped to know that, so we need to stick with God's word. Exactly, and then, well, then even more insidious are the deliverance counselors are using secret knowledge to fight demons. Right. As if God throws us out there a battle with uh, tools that we're not even equipped to, to function in. Exactly. Which is 
our rational minds and our physical senses. Yeah. That's what God asked Adam and Eve to deal with before the fall. Eve yep. wasn't satisfied. Adam went along with her. And now they're in a realm of deception. Right. So in the spiritual realm, there's good and evil. Okay. Okay. What we have is scripture alone. We covered that last week. Yes. So as we've read various books and critiqued them, I've written article after article over the last 30-some years about people who claim to know things about the secret to this or the how to visit heaven or how to get your prayers answered beyond trusting God. Yeah. Need some special information, having visions, traveled here and there in the spirit world. It's just everywhere, and it's deceptive. And it's a rejection of Scripture alone. Yes. The last time we talked about how that was compromised when Eve added to Scripture. So now let's look at that. Most of the material you see that comes up is based on, as you read the Bible, you see times where true prophets, the real ones, not the ones that we have showing up nowadays, the claim to be prophets, but they really aren't. Okay. There were times when, in the Bible, God lets us see behind the scene to what's going on, like in Job 1. Yes. But if you read Job, what you're supposed to know as the reader is why this is happening. And you're supposed to see that his comforters don't know why it's happening. Right. Okay. Job yep. doesn't know why it's happening, that these things happen to him. His wife tells him to curse God and die. Yep. But as we go through it, the lesson is God has Job's best interest in mind. And God comes and speaks, and then you get a resolution. Right. Okay. So what the false teachers want to do is take the idea that there is an unseen realm, there is a Satan, which is true, and that things that happen on earth may have some causes beyond this life. Okay. Oh, and they claim to know it on the front end. Right. Okay. Yeah. Joe didn't know it. His comforters didn't know it. His wife didn't know it. The readers do. Because God chose to reveal it. Revealed in Scripture. Yeah. So when you think you can know things that are real enough, but they're not revealed, because you're not a biblical writer and you're not a real prophet or apostle, then, and even then, as we'll see in a future episode when we get to it, it's just they're 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 going places God doesn't want us to go because we'll get deceived there. Yes, we're wanting to figuratively eat from the knowledge of the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil which has already happened, and now we're even in worse shape, but now we're deceived from the beginning. At least Eve started out not deceived until she ate. Right. Okay. So thinking this, these things are real. They exist. There are curses. There are spirits. There's good angels. There's bad angels. There's the unseen realm. God has his army. And this is all real. We know it is. So if we can gain that information on the front end, we can avert the problems. That's what they think. No, Jessica, you, I don't really have social media. My pinnacle of my social 
media as email. Yep. Makes me old. Mm-hmm. But uh, you mentioned that some people are discussing that. Yeah, Even there like there was an interesting thread. So the book they were discussing was Frank Peretti's uh, This Present Darkness. Oh, yeah. I which remember. is fiction to start with. But right. fiction can be a powerful tool for s- spreading false teaching. Yes, that book did do that. I did not critique it at the time. I know it was wrong and damaging. Yeah. But I really don't consider myself an expert on fiction. Yeah. I so read I it several book- years ago, and it was basically warfare worldview yeah. from cover yeah. to cover. And there was a shift. What really concerned me was the shift from personal responsibility for our sin to blaming every sin on some demon that's attacking you. So yeah, you these, had uh, yeah, these things are happening out there. And- yeah. So what came up on Facebook this week about this was the idea that our prayers strengthen angels who fight for us. There was a comment that I actually shared with him during the week. And then there's this other one that really ties into what we're discussing right now. This person says, there are a host of heavenly angels waiting for our prayers. We are the boots on the ground calling in the airstrikes with our prayers. So now our prayers are manipulating the spirit realm and there's this host of angels waiting to answer them. But clearly missing in this comment and in the whole conversation is where does scripture teach that? Well, as a matter of fact, there's this desire to create a whole series of intermediaries in church history. Oh, yes. the present day, if you look at the uh, Roman Catholic d- doctrine of Mary. Okay. It has almost nothing to do with the real Mary of the Bible. Right where you have a finite person, sinner saved by grace, able to hear the prayers of millions of people simultaneously. Yes. Only Christ can do that because he's omniscient. Okay? Okay. So we know there's all these angels, myriads of angels, but we don't have, it's not our job to talk to angels. Right. And we have the assurance that, Jesus Christ, the great high priest, the chief shepherd, the one who sits at the right hand of God, Psalm 110, verse 1, God the Son, the creator, who died for sins once for all, was raised on the third day and ascended to heaven, who shed his blood. He hears us. Yes. He cares for us. Right. He's the shepherd of the sheep. And if we're saying he is not doing the type of thing that I would like him to do when I pray. So therefore, I'm going to go tell the angels what to do. That's dishonoring God, and it's a front to Jesus Christ and telling him, just like Eve, oh, uh, he told me not to touch it. You know, it may be good for something. Yeah. Maybe it'll make me wise. It's more delightful. Well, Jesus is busy go to his mother, go to the angels. Well, there's something else. This is, dear ones, this is unbelief. Right. Dress it up as piety. It's just good old-fashioned, actually evil old-fashioned unbelief who doesn't believe what God said. Do you believe that the Lord Jesus Christ, 
who died for your sins, who hears you, who cares for you, who takes care of you, that if you pray to the Father in his name, it's not enough. You got to go tell the angels what to do. Right. And I'm going to share this one that I sent you too, because I thought it was such a good example of how this hurts people, these false teachings on prayer and false teachings on spiritual warfare. So in the context of the same question about the Frank Peretti book, and I will just quick summarize this, but this pastor responds and he describes a vision where a woman had a sick child and she went to the nursery window in the hospital and there were angels standing behind each baby, some with hands covering over the baby and some not. And the Lord told her that the angels were assigned to those babies, but only the babies with praying parents had covering. And this, he goes on, there's more to that whole vision, but this poor woman responds and said, well, I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. I prayed for my baby and he died. Oh my. And it just, it just broke my heart because it was so abusive I mean, it's shockingly abusive. That's the very reason that sort of thing is the very reason I got out of a movement that was yeah. uh, based on some sort of a perfectionist, higher order Christian. Yeah. I saw that myself with the people at the end. They don't end up comforted. They end up condemned in their minds. Right. Even those who truly do know the Lord. Yeah. Lighthouse Trail sent me this booklet uh, that I've been giving to people. Have I given you one yet, Jessica? I, I meant to get it from you on Sunday, and then I didn't. I've been giving them out. I'll make sure you get one. I, but it's about Harry Ironside shares about how he, this is like in 1895, whenever that happened. Okay. He became a Christian. He got involved in the holiness movement where there was a claim that you could have Sinless perfection. Oh, okay. The higher order. But he shared his story about where that led, which was to condemnation, why he got out of it. It's a little right. book. Okay. okay. And it's the first chapter, I guess, of a book. He ended up being the pastor of Moody Bible Church. Now, here's the thing. It always leads to that. You're either dishonest and you pretend everything's okay. Right. Or you're very honest and you realize it really doesn't work. Yes. And then when things go bad objectively where people get sick or they land in the hospital or they have cancer or loved ones die or you lose someone, um, then the only conclusion you can come to is that you fail. Right. And you didn't do it right. And the last week in Sunday school, I've been teaching on, Acts 20 about elders as guarding the flock. Okay. And it referenced the passage in Peter about Jesus being the chief shepherd. And then we went into John 10 about he, I'm the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. Yes. So much of the pietistic teaching out there detracts from the sufficiency of Christ as our Savior, as our high priest, as he said, my sheep know my voice. I doesn't mean you get spiritual impressions. You respond to the gospel. Right. And you cling to him. 
And so there you have your five solos, one of which is Christ alone. Yeah. Okay. And the claim is very clear. And we keep citing Hebrews 4.16. Okay. And, he, and we have access to the throne of grace. What do we receive from the throne of grace? Hell. Timely. Yeah. Timely. Yeah. Mercy and the timely, timely help. may be to have dignity and a desire to glorify God, even as you go through tragedy. Right. Sufferings other people do. We're, we're not, I remember in the early days of the charismatic group I was in, this guy kept coming by. Everything is downhill and with the wind. <laughs> that works great when everybody's young. And then when the same people get old, how many just fell away and they don't even go to church and they gave up on it. Yeah. So some went back to Rome. Just let, let some religious system do it all. We need to get it right. Right. And when Jessica shared that with me on the phone, we were talking about this and shared the, the, the interaction people were having on social media. It's just, it reminds me of 50, 40, 50 years ago. Some of okay. the things that were said at the meetings I went to. And one of the reasons people think that there may be some validity to it is some of these stories, the Bible, where there were real prophets that really knew what was going on. All right. Well, let's look at one of those in 2 Kings 6. All right. Uh, I'll read it here real quick. So we got 2 Kings 6, uh, 16 and 17. So we answered, do not fear for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. I picked that one out. I was thinking about this this morning, and so I I remember hearing that one brought up in the meetings I went to in the 70s. Okay. So the idea is we're going to unleash the fire the, the we got to unleash all of this and do this battle and take the land okay now this was a, a, an event that showed that god is for us and he has the armies of heaven right and he can win the battles that he engages in but it's interesting because it says elisha prayed and asked that the servant's eyes would be open so that he could see. And the servant sees this vast army, but Elisha didn't summon the army through his prayers. That isn't the same as saying we're in charge of the army. Right. Elisha wasn't commanding the army. He didn't summon the army. Th that prayer was only that the servant would see and be comforted by it or strengthened by it. But it wasn't a manipulating some spiritual army to go do warfare. Right. God doesn't give up his position as being in charge of his own army because somebody knows that it exists. Right. It's, uh, it's very absurd, absurd. But it when preachers grab onto things like this to fire up the crowd, yeah, they get all excited. Well, they don't. They're giving them some idea that we can summon the army of God and make it all happen. Right. Now, you were mentioning this Pretty book. Okay. 
And isn't that kind of the same idea? Yeah, it, it, it really is. And it's it's all of this warfare between angels and demons and having to get out from under the power of the demons. But what's mostly missing, of course, is the preaching of the gospel to be transferred out of that domain. It's a, as we said often, based on Colossians 1, 13 and 14, and Acts 26, 18 and other passages, we need a domain change. Right. And once we're under Christ, it's dishonoring to him to claim we got to go back and use occult-like techniques to manipulate the spirit world, to break curses, and gain the outcome we're looking for. Right. Not going to happen. It's not what God calls us to do. And if we go into that world willingly through means God hasn't ordained, we will end up deceived in that realm. Yes. We're not Every time we don't have the ability, we can't see these unseen angels. Okay, we can't see the demons, right? We can't see the curses, and we're not equipped to tell the difference between the angels and the demons. We just, yeah, if you have an angel of light, yeah, like a good angel, we've interviewed people. One lady in particular, we did an interview with who was doing. Kundalini yoga. Right. Thinking she was getting a hold of the benign spirit world until it turned on her. Right. But she'd been raised in a Christian home and realized she needed to go to Christ, who was alone in charge of things like that. Yes. To get, to get away from the Kundalini yoga. See, you go into the realm of the spirits and don't rely on Christ alone. And scripture alone, and salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, to the glory of God alone. When you go in there, you will be deceived. Yes. And these people writing the books, telling the stories, making themselves out to be the great people of God, they are deceived as well. They may not know it. Some of them may be willingly deceived and just in it for something else. Some may be deceived and not know it and think they really are the great people of God and really are going to get the great outcome. I don't know the heart. Only God knows that. Yes. But the fact is that if you don't know what's going on and you start pontificating on it, you'll end up being one of Job's comforters. Right. Every time. Yes. They can't figure it out. Yeah. Job's comforters are everywhere. Well, and that that's really what we saw in this Facebook exchange. Right. It, it's not comforting when you're in sorrow and you should have done this. What honestly, it's just it's grievous. Yes. This is what the deception of Roman Catholicism through centuries. Right. All these processes, the the incense, the 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 robes, the hierarchy, the traditions, the adding so many things to scripture, you can hardly find the scripture under there. The yeah. purgatory, the do this and try that. And maybe there's a holy man that knows something. I don't know. You go through that, you go through it and you go through it and you never find comfort, hope, forgiveness of sins. That's permanent redemption, the promise of heaven, fellowship with God. But you end up with these processes that are endless. Yes. Going nowhere. 
Now, the idea that we can be in charge of providence, which baby lives and which one doesn't, it's just, it's, it's so painful to even think about that. Right. And, you know, thinking about it, just, there has to be, okay, so supposedly, according to this vision, babies with praying parents have a covering that the other babies don't. Well, praying to who? Praying to whom? Muslim parents pray. (laughs) Mormon parents pray. Who are they praying to? There's just, there's so many, there's, many no, you things. You can't know that. That's, yeah. That is adding to the word of God. That's a false teaching. And whoever did it needs to repent. Yep. Whoever taught that, if it's, if it's a pastor or whoever, listen, don't teach that stuff. Go study your Bible. Right. Now, some and, people say, yeah, but the Lord says that they're angels and but God's in charge of that realm. You're not. Yeah. And you don't know anything about that realm other than what's revealed in Scripture. Yes. What's revealed in Scripture is that we need Christ and we need to believe what God said and not misinterpret it. Right. Okay. We need the blood atonement. What's revealed in Scriptures is that believers suffer. Right. And Job suffered. Yes. Job lost family. Right. This is a good assignment. Go back and read Job. And while you're reading, keep in mind that what you learn in the prologue is is known by you only because God chose to reveal it. Right. Job didn't know it. Job's wife didn't know it. Job's comforters didn't know it. No. Only God knows it. And those a reading because he chose to reveal so that we would learn not to be Job's comforters. Right. We learn to give God the glory. Yes. Even Job himself got drawn into it and said things. And finally said, uh, he put his hand over his mouth. He said, I said enough. Now I've seen. Right. Job didn't know. So yep. that's what's going on. We are claiming to know what we don't know. People who are suffering, rather than having the comfort of the scriptures, the encouragement of the faith, once we're all handed down to the faith, the saints, access that we know we have to the throne of grace, the fellowship we have with each other, the means of grace, the the promise of eternal life to those who believe. We have conjecture about the spirit realm that we're not even equipped to be in other than through what we know from Scripture. And that will always lead harm yes and the people that make a living well i'm not saying i know they're motivated by money whatever they gain whether it's status accolades maybe money power they're the great people of god that sell the book and they get invited to all the seminars great man of god they're going down their merry way Mm-hmm. And if they do get sick or have problems, they don't admit it. Right. It's as if they're immune to all of this stuff. And even when one of them eventually gets old, they die. Myth. There's a myth that goes around that Kenneth Hagin died 
died, but actually he just decided he was going to go to heaven. Oh, oh dear. So don't go into that. Don't go yeah. Into, don't go into passing judgment before the time. Because you're not, if you're just like an ordinary Christian, which by the way is a glorious privilege. Yes. To have your sins forgiven. If you're an ordinary Christian like us, and we wouldn't know anything about this if it wasn't revealed in Scripture, you end up the one, if you believe those things, feeling like you failed. Right. And wondering what went wrong, what's wrong with me, why doesn't it work for me? And the people writing the books will generally never admit they have any of these problems. Yeah. Okay. So a few elite ones gain all the accolades. They're important. They know the secret. And the rest will end up going along with it, hoping some of it rubs off. Yes. Learning maybe maybe I'll get a vision or maybe it'll work for me. And uh, I'm saying get out. Right. The only way that I was still in my 30s, early 30s, I had to just get out. Yep. Get out of the hyper pious movement and go to scripture alone and start right now. Whatever age you are, start right now. Study the word of God and look for the best evidence. What does it say? Why does it say it? How does it fit in to the greater uh, gospel of Jesus Christ and God's revealed truth? And don't add or subtract from it, but understand it. The more you do that, some of these books, when you pick them up, you'll get a few pages in and say, this is garbage. Yeah. Ditch it. Yeah. The, the garbage will sell millions and millions of books. It always has. But it's not helpful because they can't even interpret a single passage correctly. Right. Okay, we are out of time for this edition of Critical Issues Commentary Radio. You can access this episode and many others, as well as years' worth of articles at the website cicministry.org. While you're there, click on Contact and send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. We want to encourage you all to stand firm in one spirit, with one mind, and strive together for the faith of the gospel. For Critical Issues Commentary, this is Jessica Kramus. About your way. We'll see you next week.